I deem him one of the greatest beings alive in our time. We shall never see his like again. His name will live in history. It will live in the annals of war. It will live in the legends of Arabia. Who is he? Petu. Tabas! What is your name? My name is for my friends. None of my friends is a murderer. Welcome to Movies Charles 17, episode 28. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And this week we watched the 1962 movie, Lawrence of Arabia. So Charles, can you sum up Lawrence of Arabia? This might be a two-part yeah, episode. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have an intermission thing. in the middle of my summary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, We're going to do um, 20 minutes on, <laughs> on summary. summary here. It's a movie loosely based on the life of T.E. Lawrence, who is a British officer. Um, and during the World War I period, he was sent out into Arabia to investigate their role in, or investigate their revolt against Turkey. He goes and basically ends up leading the rebellion and like uniting different Arab tribes, leading them to multiple victories and you know, going through a guerrilla campaign, destroying railroad tracks and um, you know, having lots of adventures. That's most of the movie, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, that covers the bulk of it. Yeah, I mean, there are specific adventures and campaigns. Right, right. And I don't want to go into you every can, single one right now. Yeah, you can but. dive into, like, the military minutia of what he actually does, but the Yeah, larger he, he, like, shows arc. up, he yeah. does some daring stuff that impresses the Arabs and makes him one of them, essentially, uh, and then, like, leads them to a lot of successful operations, uh, and then tries to get them to unite to form a government of sorts, and that seems to fail, uh, and then he leaves. As, as current history suggests, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you picked this one, Crossman. Why'd you land on this uh, four-hour movie? Uh, I think it's an easy choice for this podcast. It's like yes. a historically important film. Yeah. We referenced it in uh, the Searchers episode, because mm-hmm. they, they, you know, they studied Lawrence of Arabia and then made the Searchers. You can see its influence across most film yeah. uh, in how landscapes are shot and how biopics are put together and there's great character acting. It's, yes. I, I think it's one movie that kind of like sets the model for like historical epics. Epics? Yeah. yeah it's an yeah. epic. I wanted to say historical <laughs> fiction, but <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Um, it, it is like based on real things. There's obviously like a lot of stuff that's like compressed yeah. to for the sake of story. Although then not compressed because it's, it's almost, it's still almost four hours. Four hours long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's an amazing film to I, watch. I've, it's a viewing well, experience. Yeah, I love yeah. this movie. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it a few times. Um, I think this is my third or fourth viewing because you know you can only. Mm-hmm. You find four hours to set aside some. I, I, I think I've it, only seen it twice, and this would be my second okay. watch through. Yeah. I yeah. love that it had the classic like overture intro oh, yeah. plus yep. intermission setup. It's just something really yeah. cool about that setup. I know 2001 had that as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, David Lean comes from a theater background. Um, he was a stage director. Um, and I think you see it in that. But he has this, and it's like an actual overture where it's like going through each song that appears yeah. in the movie. And I mean, it's not like 2001, whereas 2001 like played this unique song for that thing. Like this mm-hmm. is a formal overture. It has the intermission um, that you would see in a play. And a lot of his his staging is very theatrical mm-hmm. and play like. Like when, when it like there's this really stark divide between how the movie looks when it's outdoors and when it's indoors right and when it's indoors he kind of just sets everything up like like it's on a stage situates his camera in one place and the action mostly just moves forward from there like it's a very stationary yeah. interior direction whereas outside constant movement constant right. camera movement character movement yeah it's also very like shakespearean in that oh, it's yeah. like 
it's mostly focused on the characters, the politics around what's happening. It actually like doesn't do a good job of delving into or explaining. Right. Because actually, like everything in this movie is really important to our particular moment in contemporary history. <laughs> yes, like um, they're in Syria and Damascus and yep. Saudi Arabia and Egypt yep. and Jordan and Jerusalem and yep. Israel and yep. Palestine. And it's like that. <laughs> like I feel like was missing watching it because I wanted to be like wait a minute this is this is really important <laughs> yeah. for like what's happening just right now glaze over the yeah, or, yeah. Yemen, how yeah. completely fucked over the Middle East yeah, or, or yeah, David not... Lean is giving us way more credit than we deserve in terms of understanding you know, <laughs> British history or early 20th yeah. century of the Middle East yeah um, which obviously most audiences aren't gonna have any concept particularly of. today yeah. uh, and American 55 years later yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah certainly not uh, yeah. but yeah you're absolutely right is that they don't dig into the actual historical fact much at all yeah that's like the one I think unfortunate part about the film because I think what as I said what's happening is like really important to today and, yeah I mean, I, I don't know if, I mean, I, I don't know how you dramatize that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. How it would you, be a totally different film. Yeah. And I don't know how you'd be like, it was just small allusions to it. Right. Cause like the yeah. Arabs were talking about how they wanted the Europeans to leave once the war was over. Yes. And then like Lawrence goes back to the British officers and they talk about how they had an agreement to split the land between the French and the English when the war was over. Yeah. And they treat it as kind of a betrayal <clears throat> moment, uh, which I read that didn't actually happen in real life. Uh, so there's something they, they also going see, on like, there with that. That the differing, I want to say, like, classes or, like, political sects are more aligned with the British. Like, Prince Faisal obviously has an in with the British versus, mm -hmm. like, the sort of desert tribes, which, like, the real power comes from. But it's Prince Faisal's, like, more of a politician versus mm -hmm. the tribes, which, like, are not as, like, well connected with the the politics of, yeah. of yeah. what's happening and you see that at the yeah. end of the movie when they're in damascus finally and you have yeah. the british representative and the, the allen b Allerby, whatever his name is uh the french guy and faisal and they're like just divvying up the city essentially and like there's no input from everyone else it's totally mm -hmm. democratic like it's just these three powerful men that are deciding how this is going to be run now and, and here we are, and, you know, yeah, we, 100 well. years later, that's gone really poorly. Yeah, so. what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it is, it's a, it's a little bit prescient in that respect. I'm realizing the 60s, they already had figured out a lot of that was a bad idea, but they obviously had no way of knowing just but how But there's still probably, yeah. like, like, an active colony or, like, had just cast off the colonial yoke of the yeah. English, but like it was still like very much in effect. Yeah. Like oil companies were like becoming powerful in the sixties. That's true. And that like very much defines particularly Saudi Arabia, obviously. So Yeah, and it, it, you see um, it like the, this movie is kind of politically schizophrenic, like in terms of mm -hmm. its own ideology. Yeah. Uh, because on the one hand it does humanize Middle Eastern characters in a, really well, really well in yeah. a yeah in a time when Middle Eastern characters have no presence at all in cinema, right? Like yeah. they're just not a thing. It, certainly not in Hollywood cinema. You, but you see, like the Omar Sharif character is critical of this movie and the fascinating mm -hmm. figure on his own. Yeah. Uh, the uh, not Faisal, the other guy that they meet once they get at the first he's one of, of like the tribe leaders right that he, they meet a, when they after they cross the desert right that guy yeah. super important yeah uh, like so you see like all these arab characters but then you have also have these lines that are about how the arabs are a small people and a and a barbarous people that are kind of contradicted but then like they kind of take it back and this but movie, it's also like written by <clears throat> the english like english by biographers yeah or like right. it's source material is english biographies of t lawrence not right. yeah. not arabian historians no of yeah. course not yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's based on one of his numerous yeah. uh, he, he wrote a lot um but it, it, i mean the, the director is still making choices about how to present the material yeah and it's kind of all over the place right like there's there are moments when i'm saying okay this is like a surprisingly progressive movie for the 1960s um, especially directed by, you know, David Lean, white man, uh, and other moments where it clearly isn't, right? like where it's just not getting there at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how to quite unpack all that. Um, there's so many. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a four-hour movie. It's a four-hour movie. So like, there's yeah. so many facets. You could, you, if you want to just list up yeah. example for a, column A, column B, you could do that. You know, for the yeah. whole hour. Um, I guess. I guess the place to start is like, 
with Lawrence himself. Like, yeah. I don't know, Charles, what, what did you think about the, like, depiction of Lawrence and, like, his evolution through the movie? Um, Because he, he starts as, like, kind of stuffy British officer it, guy. It or, but he's felt, also, like, kind of flamboyant as, like, a character. He reminded me a lot of Captain Kirk and it helped that he kind of looks okay. like Chris Pine. <laughs> uh, just the way you Chris Pine was Captain Kirk? <laughs> that's your that's your <laughs> Captain Kirk. I, I did not watch the original series. Apparently not. <laughs> Clearly. But, uh, wait, wait, have you seen Wrath of Khan? No. <laughs> I'll, okay. I'll, I'll put on the list right now so yeah. don't forget. <laughs> okay. But uh, continue. He, he was kind of that character where he's like the second one. Yeah. Whatever. He's um, you know, disobedient to the authorities, but he's willing to, you know, do what's necessary to get things done, but he has some sense of morality, that sort of character. Um, you know, very rebellious yet charismatic, that sort of thing. Uh, at times it felt kind of unbelievable that yeah. he would, you know, be able to rally these tribes when he's just a stranger um, with these very... Like, they kept emphasizing to him how impossible it was to cross that desert, and yet they still <laughs> did it. they still go with him on the plan. <laughs> yeah. You know, they keep emphasizing to him that so it's impossible. I was reading up on that particular history because I was like, this is interesting. It turns out that's, like, pretty fictionalized. So they were right. having, I like... That, that didn't actually happen. They were having all sorts of, like, skirmishes across the desert where they were going. It wasn't, like, this, like, yeah. impossible track that they were making. Right. But that yeah. is the portrayal that they had in this movie. And yeah. Which is too bad because it's, seen, like, the yeah. high point of the film, actually. Right. Just that, that half of the film, I think. Yeah, that's, like, the yeah. biggest moment in a big movie is, yeah. is that. Yeah. But I, I like that <clears throat> he seemed to genuinely care about, you know, the people around him. He seems so pained whenever one of his friends died. Or uh, w- one moment now that I'm thinking about it that was strange was when he was forced to kill the guy who he had saved, that was which a was moment. a really powerful moment. Yeah. yeah and so. then later he admits that he enjoyed it, which seemed kind of strange because it did not appear that he did when he committed the act. Yeah, I, I, I think that Peter O'Toole has a complex look on his face during that <laughs> scene, right? So- and just to give like context to the episode, so he, they, they basically cross the desert and then they realize that they've lost somebody. Yeah, yeah. And so Lawrence turns back and finds him <laughs> miraculously. Another impossible and, feat. Yes. Manages to complete. Superhero and saves him and kind of like giving belief to the impossible to right. the group of Arabs. Yeah. And then there's a skirmish between. So they they hook up with this other tribe. Yeah. And then there's like a historically bad blood between these two groups, and the guy that he saves turns out to have like killed someone in the tribe. Yeah. And in retribution, Lawrence executes him after having saved him. Crossing yeah. the desert. And it's like the necessary so. solution to maintain peace between yes. the tribes. Yeah. Yeah, because like if if someone from either tribe did it, like that would lead to further problems. So like there's a blood. If the opposite tribe does it, there's a blood feud. And if the Lawrence si- does it, the, like if the, the yeah, if the sharing tribe does it, then like they didn't get their satisfaction. But Lawrence doesn't have a tribe, so if he executes the man, then it's just there's no yeah. familial there's, ties. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Peter O'Toole's. I like Peter O'Toole's performance in general. But in that moment, I think that I saw a complexity on his face that I hadn't noted earlier. Um, yeah. Because I think that when he first realizes who it is and what he has to do, he's not excited about it, obviously, right? Like, he's horrified. <laughs> um, but you, I think, because he takes several shots to kill this guy. He ends up, like, squirming away, and he, like, yeah. has to shoot him a few times. And I think you can see him gradually, like, relishing it a little bit. Huh. Um, and in I a way that, that... Yeah, in a way that shows up much more clearly in, I think, the actual climax for the character right, towards the end of the movie when they stumble upon that village that have been slaughtered by the Turks and the Turks are fleeing and they end up running them down and killing them yeah. when they have no chance of defending themselves. And like that's the, the conclusion of what started back there mm-hmm. um, in the execution scene. Um, so yeah, I like Peter O'Toole a lot in this viewing. Like I thought it He's was great. a really mm-hmm. weird performance. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so bizarre the way that he decides to, to pitch this character as flamboyant is the right word and he's he, he spends a lot of time lounging right like he's constantly lying down and just like kind of like one moment like going with the flow and in the next moment he's like the leader of men ready to you know lead this guerrilla warfare it's it, but it still like feels consistent from character to character yeah, moment to moment almost like he seems schizophrenic yeah like it's very much like 
Leonardo, <coughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's um, Hugh Howard Hughes. Oh yeah, I like that in, movie. in the Aviator. I like the Aviator. Yeah. It felt like very similar to the yeah. point well, where I mean, like there's some sort of mental illness with. Lawrence. Well, he, yeah. he's a sexual assault survivor, right? Like that's what this movie that that's the breaking point for this character, right? When he gets when he's captured by the Turks, and the clear illusion is that he was raped, right? That he 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 was a, a rape survivor, and there's some dispute as to whether or not that is historically accurate. Because uh, he, wrote, Lawrence wrote about it in his Seven Pillars of Wisdom. Like he, he said that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where it would have been cited in his contemporary diary, the pages were removed. Uh, so whether or not he was actually raped or if he was just saying that in order to like make the Turks look even more evil is debatable. Sure, yeah. But this movie takes it as fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's what's going on in that scene. And what, So what we see in this second, or less of the last third of this movie is a sexual assault survivor attempting to go through a war. And that's a crazy, bizarre thing and performance to depict in 1962. Mm-hmm. Like that. Especially when they can't say it. Yeah, they can't yeah, they can't actually explicate it. They can't say it happened. They they allude to it and I think it's Yeah, pretty... I, I totally didn't pick up on it. Oh yeah, that's exact yeah, that's exactly what's going yeah. on. Yeah. He I was... just assumed he had been like tortured. Or no, no, he was raped. Like they they he talks is that's why when he says um uh, like you have such fair skin, and he like grabs onto him. That's why he like headbutts that moment because he read that as a rape threat. Okay. And there's a shot, uh, like when he's lying prostrate on that bench, and like they have his he, they have his arms out, and you see it from Lawrence's point of view looking into the Turkish officers' quarters, and you can see him like taking his shirt off. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of allusions, and if you if you just read all of his behavior after that, it is beat for beat what. A sexual assault survivor does right? okay. like it is exactly the behavior you expect from someone who, who survived a rape, and uh, yeah, but that that is what he claimed. That is what Lawrence, the real guy, claimed, and I think that that's okay. what this movie takes as, as true, uh, which is so crazy, like absolutely insane. It explains this kind of like ferocious bloodlust. Yeah, right. It also explains either. his like yeah. a, abrupt withdrawal, like how he's just all of a sudden not wanting to participate anymore, and he's yeah. like pull himself back away from the uh, from the war and from all of his friends and from all of his you know com- compatriots uh, yeah that, that that is what's going on in the in the back half of this movie um, and it's it's a stunning performance I think like it's that and that that Peter O'Toole can draw that out without like you said without actually saying it without mm-hmm. saying like yeah they raped me like, that's yeah, this would never make it past censored of the time. No, so, no. You see, so. you see that. I mean, you see that kind of stuff a lot, like um, in movies of this era and earlier. The one I'm thinking of is uh, Streetcar Named Desire. You seen Streetcar Named Desire? I haven't. Uh, and you? I've, nope. Okay. So there's a bit in Streetcar uh, where one of the characters, or, or the Blanche Dubois' former husband, uh, works out to be gay, and he kills himself essentially because he is outed. And, but they never say the word gay, or they never say the word out, and they never even say the word like suicide. Uh, but that's what's going on, and like they have to like use all of these codes to mm-hmm. uh, to get at that idea. And I, you see the same thing in this movie, or a similar thing in this movie. Yeah, you haven't seen Night of the Hunter, right? No. Okay, that's an incredible film, and they uh, they like don't dodge around. <laughs> okay. Like they won't say the words, but like <laughs> the character, the main antagonist is very scary okay and like is clearly a monster um <laughs> i would i highly recommend it it's one of like the scariest performances you can okay, I've, i don't know anything about it um i haven't seen it but it's about um it's set during the depression and there's this family where um there are two two children and a mother and a father and the father like steals uh money from like a bank or something or like okay. he knocks over a store or something <clears throat> And he gives his kids the money and he says, like, hide it. And then he gets killed by the cops. Mm-hmm. And then there's this uh, wandering priest who, or he, he's a he's like a man of, of God. He, like, right. he poses as a priest, of but he's cloth. like a grifter and like a murderer and a thief as well. Okay. And he seduces the mother because he knows that the money is hidden with the, the children because he was like oh, cellmates with the father before he was like killed, executed. All right. And um, and then the most of the movie is around him trying to convince the kids to like give him the money. 
and it is terrifying. When was it made? Uh, let's see. Is it an older Night movie? of the Hunter? It is. Okay. Um, it's in black and white. So so before this, fifty five. Fifty five. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's one of the all time like performances. It's also where the um, the love hate tattoos oh, come okay. from. Oh, wait, no. Now this is coming. To, yeah. Now this is ringing a bell. <laughs> yeah. Say that. Okay. So the the character has love let's and see. hate tattoos, right. and he and he has like a, a story that he tells about love and hate. Interesting. That he like wraps his hands around. He's very scary. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll have to put it on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but it's interesting because it's like a fifty five, and this character is like kind of out there for. The 1955. Yeah, for 1955. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because yeah. that would be around the same time as Streetcar when it's harder to just, like, say the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that that's, that's what's going on in this movie, too. I think there's a lot of um, coded, or, or there's a lot of coding of Lawrence as gay. Um, I think that that... A lot. Yeah, a I lot. think that that yeah. is... And apparently other people have thought that I Googled it. <laughs> and, like, the, there are theories that he was actually gay, mm-hmm. um, or at least bisexual. Even um, just his hair, like, yep. seems to, the way he, like, coifs his hair. Yep, and he's, he has, like, this very particular manner of speech. Um, yeah. He has, like, the constantly lounging about on the, <laughs> on the ground. Um, it, it, like, all of these 1960s kind of codes for a gay man. Um, I, I think that, that is, that's in this movie, too. Uh, which, again, just adds layer after layer after layer of complexity to this performance. Um, I think it's one of the best all time from Peter O'Toole. Uh, here, who has sadly passed away recently, right? Just uh, a few years four, ago. Yeah, three years. I think Omar Sharif did too, right? Yep, Omar yeah. Sharif has passed, and Alec Guinness. Most of this, most of this cast has has passed away. Um, yeah, I mean it's from '62, so it, it, right? And they were all people like, already old. They weren't that young, yeah, when they made this movie. Uh, speaking of Alec Guinness, he has something. I don't know what you would call the Arab equivalent of blackface, but brown face. Brown face. <laughs> okay, yep. that is what they landed on in this movie. Uh, I saw him in the opening credits. I was wondering when he was going to show up. And then he showed his face, and I'm like, oh, my oh God. Oh, no. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of brown face in this movie, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's the most troubling example, because yeah. it's, it's a nice it's a nice juicy role for an uh, actual Arab actor. That And they have Omar Sharif. And they, right. right, and they have, I guess they only know one, <laughs> one Middle, Middle Eastern. Eastern actor. And, they, they and there, like, there's a ton of extras who yeah. are Arab as well. So yeah. it's like... <laughs> They have access to Arab yeah. actors. Yeah, they're they're just choosing no. not to. Yeah, it will. And David. Hollywood. Yeah, well, and David Lean and Alec Guinness have a relationship because they did uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai mm-hmm. together. Um, Anthony Quinn is also in Brownface in this movie. Yeah, yeah. The uh, other tribe leader, I believe, is a yeah. white dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it is disappointing, especially because after o- O'Toole, uh, Sharif probably gives the best performance. Like, yeah. That that character is. Or yeah. Jose Ferrer, who is Latino or oh, yeah. Hispanic, but then plays a Turkish <laughs> right? Too, sort <laughs> right. of a different way of yeah, doing it's a, it. It's all over the place. Yeah. Um, but it's 1962, so it's like not exactly like a woke moment. No, certainly not. <laughs> and just like, history, so. Yeah, casting Omar Sharif is uh, progress in its own right, so yeah. Yeah. You know, good for them. Um, there's a... Uh, I, I mean, also, in one of the reasons that you say it's like a more progressive movie is he's like kind of the voice of he is the voice of reason oh yeah yeah in in the movie yeah he, he he's he is almost level-headed out of anybody there yeah yeah which i think is interesting actually because the the movie does a good job of like kind of critiquing british colonialism yes in that some is ways in some other ways yeah but, but it, it does in more ways than it doesn't and certainly more than you'd expect from a movie of that era. yeah because it's almost like they, I, I want to say that it, it, we were kind of talking about Monty Python off the air, yeah. and I think it's actually like an interesting parallel there. That, <laughs> Continue. Um, <laughs> that, like, Monty Python like does a good job of like sort of like poking at like British aristocracy sure. and like how absurd it is. Yeah. And this movie does a similar thing with like sort of like British like military might that like yeah. they're, they're sort of. You know they're well dressed and they have like better technology and they have like a this extreme hierarchy to their army, but then they're completely like ineffective yeah. in Saudi Arabia or in the Middle the East. Arab, yeah, in the Middle East in, in general. Yeah, and it's like, well, Through here's water, right? Yeah, here's like the biggest like military might in the world, and they're just like totally floundering on the, this uh, 
conflict. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, in like, an area that they would think of as primitive and behind yeah. and less intelligent, less advanced, they can't crack it. And that's right? that's what totally undoes them, right? Yeah. And yeah. That, that's what Lawrence is like. Oh, hey, these are actually just humans. They understand the right. geography and they have better, own, and yeah. yeah, their own nuances and politics and relationships and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and think the Brits are even afraid to like because of the colonialism. They're afraid to give them military might, like so they won't lend them artillery. Artillery, artillery, artillery or, so it keeps coming up, or yeah, or other things that would you know make them successful. But it would also obviously give them the tools to like overthrow British and French rule, which yeah. Lawrence figures out immediately, right? Yeah. Like that, and he sees it as an evil immediately. That if because there's that moment again at the end of the movie when he's trying to like figure out how to set up a government that mm -hmm. if they if you let in British engineers, then you will have you'll never get them out. You'll have British rule, and like he, he is constantly saying stuff like that throughout the movie that if you accept the British help, if you accept the British whatever, and don't do it for yourself, then they will own this place. Yeah, they will. They won't let you back in, um, and that he manages to see that, you know immediately mm -hmm. is impressive and not only does he see it but he sees it as an evil right he sees it as something that should be avoided um, mm -hmm. which I, I think speaks to the character's divided loyalties uh, which is one of the like driving themes of the movie is what what side are you on um, and that that is where it manifests really really clearly uh, for me <clears throat> like there's that great moment um, I, it would have been towards the end of the first act or the second act when they finally get back to the uh, canal when they cross back after they take the, the city mm -hmm. and there's that guy on the motorcycle um, who they flag down and he yells at them from across the river um, who are you, who are you and the, the camera is just fixated on Peter O'Toole that time and you can see this look like he doesn't have an answer to that question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't know um, so I think that that is really Kind of, kind of a fundamental conflict with this character. Uh, you, you had mentioned earlier, Crossman, that the movie is uh, Shakespearean, and I think in that sense, it it really is that it's telling a Shakespearean story that this character with all sorts of inner turmoil doesn't know where to place himself, yeah. and because of that, it ultimately leads to tragedy. Yeah, and it's in addition to that is Shakespearean because like it sort of like plays fast and loose with history to yeah. tell a character story. Right, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's making us the right yeah. choice uh, to side history in favor of telling a compelling drama. Yeah. Um, and that's what we have here. Uh, the other way I think that that manifests throughout the movie is the use of uh, clothing. I think that, that clothing has a pretty uh, significant role. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, mo most obviously in that he eventually sheds his British officer's uniform and takes up the robe of the Arab as we see in the French. searchers. Yes, exactly. We see that in the searchers. Yeah. But you see what I what I noticed on this viewing um, is that you see that paralleled to a certain degree with the Omar Sharif character. So there there comes a point earlier in the film where Lawrence gains the headpiece and right after that is when Omar Sharif takes his off and throws it into the sand in anger. And you could see oh, yeah. them trading off. Like who's wearing who is wearing the more formal clothing uh, throughout the movie, and it kind of indicates a degree of power in the relationship and a degree mm -hmm. of control over the situation uh, that I found really interesting. That like mm -hmm. it, it the, the, their relationship kind of mirrors each other, and sometimes they both have it on, and sometimes one does and the other doesn't. Um, and it's uh, it was an interesting choice that I hadn't noted uh, prior to this viewing. Charles, one of the contexts in which we had brought up this movie before yeah. uh, it, when referencing The Searchers, and I think Little 2001 is the look of it. Like yeah, it's definitely it. something that was very obvious to me. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it's famous for that, uh, and we all watched it on a small screen, unfortunately. No. What do you mean, nope? I, well, I watched it on my TV. Well, yeah, but we didn't see it in a theater. Is my we point. didn't like, see it in a theater. <laughs> we did not see it yeah. in a theater. It's shown in theaters pretty regularly. Yeah, and I, yeah, we actually scoped it out before this to see if we got lucky, but no we didn't. Um, how did you feel about it? Like, what did the epic scenes still it look epic? It was very grand. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, there's something about these old <clears throat> epics that captures the grand scale of history that I feel like hasn't really been done, been done quite as well recently. Yeah. There's just a certain quality to them. Like, part of it's because they're willing to linger on the scenes. Where you just see these like giant armies of horsemen walking across the desert to really scope out their grand <laughs> scale, yeah, uh, as well as the grand scale of time, time's passage, yeah. Um, and I guess recently, 
like a lot of those scenes would be filled with like CG CGI. extras and that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's always just something off about it. It like, never feels quite right. Like 300. Right. Yeah, like, something like that. They don't have the same feeling of scope, uh, even though they very much tried to. Like in 300, yeah. they tried to convey how epic they were. But it, it was one of those like where they're, you can tell they're trying really hard and it's not as convincing as in Lawrence of Arabia. I think in like the past like 20 or 30 years, like the, the big ones have been like a, sort of American history epics. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like Gettysburg or like... Because that one shot at kind of this grand scale, and it's yeah. meant to yeah. be like this super nostalgic look at American history. Um, or the more bizarre, um, the Patriot is also like <laughs> yeah. trying to capture this it's like the, level of scale. If the American Revolution were an action movie, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and it has like similar themes of like guerrilla warfare versus like mm-hmm. uh, again stodgy British militarism, <laughs> right? Yeah. Losing once more and colonialism, yeah, 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 um, yeah that. Yeah, you haven't, I, have you seen either of those films? No. Yeah, the the, the uh, I I have not seen Gettysburg, but I have seen The Patriot. And they're, was... they're both like incredibly problematic in their ideology, <laughs> but but they are like trying to mimic a sort of like a historical epic. Because yeah. I don't feel like they do uh, this style of yeah. movie that much anymore. Right? Well, it's it's they're expensive. What's, what's they're, yeah, exactly. They're that, so yeah. expensive, and it's it's I mean, hard to sit down and watch a three hour movie. Yeah, it's hard to justify that, like spending yeah. that much money on a movie that. It's going to appeal to a relatively smaller like, audience. The closest yeah. parallel I can think of to this type of movie is maybe like the Lord of the Rings films. Yes. Yeah. Where they take oh, the yeah. time and like show the grand scale of yep. things. But again, they have the shortcut of CGI, obviously, because it's like dork, right. I mean, like, it's fantasy, orcs and crap. But, but it's still less <laughs> yeah. convincing. Why didn't they hire any CGI real orcs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they did like go out of their way to like hire a massive amount of right. actors right. and it works. There's, there's a lot like of orcs. makeup. And yeah, that's why Lord of the Rings is good. Yeah, yeah. There's a little other slattery. Rather than one of them, The Hobbit. Right. You haven't seen any of the. Lord of the Rings movies, right? We established that. I saw Return episode. of the King. Yeah, you saw the third one for some reason. Yeah, the first two, <laughs> the I Godfather fell three of the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Although it won all the awards, that the well, those did. were like awards for the whole series. Yeah, like, that's what that was really happening. Good job, you finished. Yeah, the awards. Yeah, and, and part of the reason that Peter Jackson can do that is because he has a built-in intellectual property with a huge following, right? Yeah, like he, like Lawrence of Arabia is not an original story, I guess, because it's a true story. Yeah, but it doesn't have that. It's not Lord of the Rings, right? Like it doesn't have this built-in fan base. Um, so uh, yeah, if you need, if you want to do that today, like you need a way, you need a safety net. Like you need yeah. some way to, to assure the studio that they're going to make back their five hundred million dollars or however right. much they're investing in this movie. Um, the other ex- modern example I can think of uh, is uh, Gladiator. Right? Like I think I was going to say Master mm, and Commander, but another yeah, Master and Commander is so underrated. That movie's yeah. great. That movie's really great, and like. I saw it in theaters, and I feel like nobody else did. And Have you seen Master Commander? No. Nope. It's a real. It's uh, a. It's a. I haven't really movie. seen Gladiator either. Yeah, Gladiator. I like scenes from it. I think Gladiator. On the list already. It is. Yeah. I think it's unfairly maligned because um, it has like the best picture stink about it. Like you have to compare it to. Is this really one of the greatest movies ever made? Like uh, that that sort of thing. When if you just like take it for what it is, it's, it works really well. Uh, but okay. Master and Commander doesn't have that. People just haven't seen it. And that movie's great. Because <laughs> it's a three-hour movie, movie about, about boats. like boats in the middle of the Pacific <laughs> from the 16 or 1700s. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Frame, but okay, like, so you don't have the advantage of like awesome landscapes. Well, it's a it's, it's a, gorgeous. No, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. It's just the middle of the ocean that they're shooting these like super wide yeah. ocean landscapes. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful. But it's just movie. water everywhere. And the, but the the thing that doesn't appeal to people is that it's about like naval tactician and military strategy, like. I think naval tactics could be sweet. Well, you should watch Master Commander then. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. Well, it's like Moby Dick esque, where it's okay. like, in addition to being a story, it's like a, a textbook. A, yeah, a text, <laughs> like encyclopedic textbook about like military tactics in the 16th and 17th century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so it's doing that, but yeah, it's also a Russell Crowe movie. I forgot who else is in it, but I, I think that movie's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, Getting back to uh, Lawrence of Arabia, uh, one of the things I, I liked early on uh, in this movie and in Peter O'Toole's performance uh, is how well it communicates him as a weirdo and an outsider, right? Like he comes across as really strange, like a strange man mm-hmm. at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Uh, that I guess I hadn't noticed that quite as clearly before, but it's clearly what's going on here. Like he does not fit in. 
Um, and I liked that a lot here in that performance. And I think it informs what happens later on in the movie really well. Like it sets us up for that. Yeah, I think that drives back to like, like he was successful because he was not a British military officer. Right. Well, he was, but like. Not, really. not the typical one. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's, he could like think outside of this like bizarre military box of like that they have at the, at the time. So. Yeah. Well, it was emphasized that he was like well-educated, which is apparently very unique. Right. Well, he was well-educated, but not from, he didn't have the pedigree, right? Like he, mm -hmm. his, his mother wasn't married to his father, <laughs> as they said. Um, and I think that informs the character a lot too and kind of sets him up as this guy who's not part of the system and therefore can see it more for what it is. Yeah, there's still like this very sort of pre-Napoleonic military thing where like if you come from a good family then yep. you go to school and then you are an officer in the military. Yeah. And one of the things that made Napoleon so successful militarily was that he did away with the notion that your class like determines your rank in the military. Which should seem obvious, but yes. like before that, it was just like all those stuffy Europeans, man. Yeah, you would, you know, the rich son of whatever family, like that's the leader of your army because that's his position in life, right? And well, like, and uh, Napoleon like smashed those armies because like they had no like military thinking, right? No, idea. Yeah. and no and, talent for it, and no, and so, quite pro probably no interest in it. Right? Yeah. Like, so I mean, Napoleon is like sort of thought of as like a fairly maligned character, right? But he's actually what he did was like very interesting and like important and yeah it's yeah. his egalitarian approach to military and was fascinating and really important and like kind of undoes undoes like all the royal families in in europe um yeah because they so. lose all the wars <laughs> lose all the battles yeah right. yeah and he like kind of like prances through europe very easily and <clears throat> takes it over yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and I think so, it, it gets back to this British idea. It's not just that. And this is only like thirty or so years yeah, right, later, right? right. In, in yeah. World War One. Yes, he's not still alive, but he's. Uh, I would assume he's dead. By yeah. Now. But but not long dead. Right. Yeah. And so like his way of military thinking hasn't been fully integrated into <laughs> Clearly. The, in the military, right? Yeah. yeah. Or even in British society, which is like still that way. But right. Yeah. Yeah. Or Turkish society, yeah. like you you saw it. Like the the Turks are presented in this movie as having a much more formalistic mode of it's combat, much closer to the West. Yeah, than as opposed to the you know Lawrence's or regulars, and I think that that's they're drawing that contrast right that you're pointing out. Yeah, um, and and they're, when the old British aristocracy does stuff like that, it's not just oh this is my role because it's my family. It's because this is my family, I'm naturally better at this. Right, like it, it gets back to this kind of almost eugenic-based idea yeah. that you're, it's in your DNA, it's in your blood that you are more talented and more able than, yeah. than these other. It was yeah, so progressive about the movie. It's just like oh, it's just like a bunch of guys that he like found yeah. in the desert who like who live here. And yep. they they know what they're doing. They, yeah, and yeah. it turns out that if you do it a lot, you get better at it. Yeah, right. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing. Yeah, um, like I remember I I did a little bit of research on the. Um, the train that they kept attacking because it was this train that ran apparently from Turkey like all the way down to the southern part of modern-day Saudi Arabia so it was mm -hmm. this humongous train track and apparently Lawrence figured out a way to bomb the bridges such that they didn't fall apart but were unable to support trains so when he set off those bombs they would the Turks would have to come dismantle the the what remains of the bridge and then reassemble it and it took them like way way longer to clean up his messes because of that because like yeah. normally if you Versus blow it up he just completely destroyed it right like yeah. if he had That's just awesome. completely blown it up they yeah. would like he didn't do the cleanup work for them right exactly so they have yeah. he, like doubled all their work and he, like, yeah. because of this certain method of blowing up bridges that he figured out because he just did it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and that apparently that train track is, parts of it are still around. Parts of the trains are still around. Like you can go to the desert in Saudi Arabia and see these like rusting trains. There's nothing rots out there. Right, yeah. and mm -hmm. the, what was once like this train track that ran from you know Istanbul all the way to the, the southern tip of, of Saudi Arabia now runs like a, a small, like a tenth of that. And it was like completely enclosed within Turkey. Like he shut down this entire train track to this day. Two days, yeah. right? Like it still isn't operational because of him. Like, and like yeah. you, you see the ripples 
like throughout time based on just what is happening in this movie like and how and like you pointed out like how relevant it is to the present day yeah, yeah. it's trouble it, troubling and kind of staggering to think about i think yeah, yeah. It, it lent a lot of weight to this movie <clears throat> to appreciate the historical significance of what was happening yeah even if it's not completely accurate you know i tried to um i don't know i guess pretend that it was real yeah, well, and, and a lot of it was, and it, I think that gets back to some of the Shakespearean comparisons that we made earlier, that whether or not you're getting the specific details of history correct is less important than you're getting yeah. the, the broad themes of history correct. Yeah. And I think that that's what this movie is drawing out, that what was really going on there is not so much, was was he here at this location when this train was bombed, and did he actually <laughs> lead these people across the desert in the way that he said he did, but really it's about the dismantling of an old way of doing war. It's about initiating many of the modern conflicts in the Middle East mm -hmm. um, that we are still not anywhere close to solving today. Right? Yeah. Like it, it's, it's drawing out those big ideas really well, um, which makes sense for a movie this large. Um, so, so in that sense, like, yeah, you can pick apart the movie, but it, that's not the point, right? Like that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's not what we're here for. Um, and that makes it so valuable, I think, just as as a historical artifact and as a learning moment. I, I think it works. It works really well there. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're so ahistorical in our lives. Yeah. Too that people are just like, well, this part of the globe is so screwed up, and like, why? Why is it? Why can't they just like get it together? It was yeah. Like, well, why. hundred yeah, hundred years <laughs> yeah. ago the English yeah. came through and blew up the whole place. yeah, and like yeah. destroyed their infrastructure yeah. and, and like <laughs> totally messed with their politics and their yeah, society. So like, and no wonder this place is a mess because they came through with a bunch of cartographers and drew, like the movie starts with that. Yeah, the, Engl the English officers, one of which is Lawrence, are drawing the That's maps of the of the Middle East. Yeah. It's like here are the English deciding about that scene, how actually. geography is. You know how this geography looks. Yeah, that's have, that's a good catch. And they have no yeah. understanding of the people that they're, you know, encasing within these lines. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. not just that they have no understanding of the people; they have no understanding that there are different political interests here. That it's yeah. not just one big mass of Arabs. Yeah. Right. Like they they actually have a different history, different politics, different beliefs, different values yeah. among themselves. Yeah. That they are just totally disinterested in. Yeah, and it does such a good job of pointing out, like, this is the, you know, sort of folly of colonialism that, like, <coughs> you think that you can come in and, and draw a box around everyone and they'll exist within that box. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Here I we mean, are they, they suffering, later, like, our whole, like, the U.S. is completely screwed up because of this today. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, That's and will be for the foreseeable decades to come. Yep. At yeah. the very least. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, they also showed that the concept of borders is not really relevant to these people because yeah. they're nomadic desert going tribes right and like you know having specific set borders isn't really you know right for their style of life because they're very nomadic <coughs> right uh, it's more fitting for you know the setting that they're in that the british certainly aren't that familiar with so they're just you know further yeah. outside because totally, yeah. the, the the concept and the ideology behind nationalism is just so ingrained in the British psyche that to present it as like, and, like and the, any colonial psyche, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's not not just the British. Certainly not. They were just the most successful at it. <laughs> yeah, at that at that period. Yeah. But like it, it, not only can they not conceive as nationalism as an evil, they can't conceive of a people who have no concept of nationalism. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's like this like next you don't want level. Your own land? going on here right exactly like they, they have no way of conceptualizing a society that isn't based on on your nation and your country and god and queen right yeah the whole that was like the whole like search for bin laden right it was yeah. sort of like they would go up to the afghan border and they were like oh well, we can't find him he's just like a mile away <laughs> yeah. the pakistan right. border and right like, exactly yeah because these people this you know area they still don't believe in these lines that were drawn by the british yeah have you seen this movie have you seen zero dark 30 Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. That's a good movie. I was about to write Zero <laughs> Dark. I was like, I had my <laughs> finger on the Z. And yeah. That's a, yeah. That is a great movie. I like Zero Dark 30 a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it reminds me of this comic. I guess it's kind of a deep cut, but <laughs> a comic that I read called Air. And one of the concepts, it's about like air travel. Um, and one of the concepts that's presented is that when a country uh, stops appearing on a map, it literally disappears. 
right? Like the that there are only so it literalizes the idea that the only way for a people in a country to be real is for it to be politically recognized and yeah. like recognized in in paper. Um, despite these people still actually living there and stuff happening and like events mattering, lives being lived. Uh, and so like this, the the conceit in this comic is that if you don't have that, you don't have a, a life. You don't have mm-hmm. a, you don't have a person. You cease to be. Um, and I think that that's exactly how the British here are treating the Arabs is that they are small people. They're a barbarous people because of that, because they can't come up with the concept of nation. Yeah. yeah. So while we're on the concept or topic of other media that this reminds me of, so a few things. First of all, this reminded me a lot of Star Wars. Um, yeah. Because I mean, you can tell they pulled a Tatooine. lot of the desert <laughs> yeah, cinematography yeah. from this. And also, <laughs> well, they're of shot course, in Morocco. Well, yeah. Right. And right. of course, you got Alec Guinness here. And I kept expecting him to talk about blast points and sand. Writing single file. It was very distracting. Yeah. But anyway, um, on a separate note, uh, it reminded me a lot of Dune. Uh, well, yeah. Which is one of my favorite books. Because there's dunes everywhere. Uh, well, it is a desert story. So I wonder how much Dune was influenced by this movie, or at least, you know, the history of this area. That's Because the, the story is a very close parallel to yeah. Middle Eastern politics, there's, right? You have all these yeah. factions coming from outside trying to get this resource that lets them fuel their spaceships, and they ruin everything. And then, like, um, the actual parallel here is one of the... Um, people from the outside joins the natives who are like these desert experts, the Fremen, um, and helps lead them in some sort of rebellion. Uh, now, Dune has a bit more aspects of like terraforming the desert to a livable oasis and that kind of thing. They don't Not really, enough. They don't really do that here, outlets. obviously. Yeah. But, you know, he goes a little further because it's sci-fi, but it's that same aspect of like, you know, they're a more primitive people, theoretically, but they are familiar with the land and are able to mount a successful resistance because of their familiarity yep. with the nature of the <laughs> land. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's a direct inspiration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I looked it up and it, it came out soon enough after this movie that I don't think it could be related to the movie, but he could be basing it off of actual Middle Eastern history. Of yeah, course. well, and, and T.E. Lawrence was still a large figure yeah. um, in that sense, and uh, he had written his own book that was widely read. Um, so, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that that tune was influenced by oh, absolutely. the modern Middle East. Yeah, um, yeah, and probably kind of does a good job of, like, setting that model in motion sure. for, like, um, like, Game of Thrones, same thing, mm-hmm. right? This is like very, very, very loose version of English history, but yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and English history itself has been dramatized numerous times on screen yeah. um, to various effect. Uh, so yeah, I think that this this movie, like the heavily, like personalizing the political, like these political figures, like you have this T.E. Lawrence character who is significant politically, but here we're saying like, what what is the man like, right? And like this yeah. movie is doing that. It's been done before, obviously, but it did it large in a large scale way here and in a, yeah. a way that's stuck something else i liked in dune was their treatment of the importance of water sure which is obvious in the desert right but then they had like the contrast when they first arrived and they had this royal banquet and they're all like you know using water to wash their face mm-hmm. uh, and like throwing the extra waste water to the poor peasants or whatever right right and they had a bit of that in this movie where they like fought over wells and had to conserve a little bit of water, and then he goes back to the English base, and they just have a bar where they hand out lemonade. Yes, and yeah. a well, fountain. The water, and a, and the water a, piece a fountain is really, <laughs> really important to that yeah. scene. Yeah. Well, it, and it's not just that they're handing out lemonade, but he had to like beg for it, right? Like he, right. he he has to he has to come in and say like desperately that they need lemonade, and they ask him to leave, and then they ask his friend to leave, and they refuse right. to give him, and he has to like scrimp and. Uh, you know, grovel for this this little lemonade that is everywhere. Yeah, I think I I find like water symbolism like really fascinating. Like we see this in uh, um, in Las Vegas, right? Where you sure. have these enormous water pieces in the desert. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, we just and, watched Chinatown, which is yep. obviously all about water. Chinatown, and yeah. um, there was uh, like a really famous article about um, Saddam Hussein in the Atlantic before he was captured, and a lot of it emphasized like what an important symbol water is uh, to sure. him and to uh, Iraq in general. So he had a swimming pool and he would swim every day. 
Um, <laughs> which is like a fascinating thing. <laughs> right. Like he, that Saddam Hussein would swim two miles every day or something. He doesn't look like he swims two miles every day. <laughs> Apparently he's a really good swimmer. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that, I remember that article like very specifically talking huh. about like how water was such a like which makes important symbol of sense. wealth and power. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then that gets well because you're you're turning like you're, like you're you're able to like use human ingenuity to like turn nature on its head. Right. 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 Well, and yeah. and the the big thing that they're moving towards when they're moving to, yeah. towards the desert and he loses his servant in the the quicksand. Like their goal is Suez Canal. Right. Another more bringing. Yeah, you go from water to water. Right. Well, yeah. you go from go from water to water, but that is specifically yeah. man-made water, right? Like yes. That is that is a, a a place where people brought water to a place where there isn't, um, and it that's exactly how it's presented, right? Because when he sees it, it's not just the water that he sees; he sees a boat on the yeah. water yeah. too, right? So it's well, he like, sees the boat before he sees the water. Right, yeah, that's true. Over the yeah, you're exactly hill. right. Yeah, so it's like yeah. again, like how how the the human ingenuity is. It's piercing the wilderness. Yeah, that um, that is treated much better in Herodotus than 300 does it. So, <laughs> so like, um, 300 is, like, based upon the, like, the Battle of Thermopylae in, yeah. in the Peloponnesian Wars. Um, and does it in a cartoonish way where you have, like, ogres and, like, sure. dudes with swords for arms or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, Herodotus writes about it in an interesting way where so when when Xerxes is kind of like marching his armies from Iran to the Greece um he's noted as having um built these like these sort of like massive like public works projects essentially Interesting. so he like builds these bridges and redirects rivers to move his armies from Ar- Iran to to uh-huh. Greece and he's noted as having like built these like two lane bridges so he could march like elephants across and like yeah. his entire, uh, I don't know about like, elephants, but like his entire population as his army. Right? Yeah, I- exactly. And and this is one way of showing in in the writing and our first like historical document that you know Xerxes has these godlike abilities that he can like mm-hmm. he can transform the land or he can redirect rivers. He can he can yeah. build bridges over the yeah. water that can support elephants. And, <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, it's again like treated much much better in in the book yeah. and the actual yeah. history versus really versus, yeah. <laughs> graphic novel adaptation. Yeah. Although, yeah. although Herodotus is very known for like he's he's writing down oral histories. Yeah. Uh, much later than the things actually happen, so we know that there's like a lot of exaggeration. But Herodotus <laughs> like acknowledges that and he'll say like this is what these people say and then he'll like take the sort of mm-hmm. opposing story and he'll say this is what these people say yeah frank um, miller did not do that and yeah obviously <laughs> but and he always kind of like leans towards the greeks because he, he is greek. from yeah the, uh he's i don't think he's actually greek but he's no. like from the region okay um yeah hmm. i did not know all that yeah <laughs> that's interesting yeah yeah i i think you can see a lot of um literary influence on this movie, uh, specifically Heart of Darkness. I think that there's a uh, Heart of Darkness influence here. There's the, one of the major mm-hmm. themes that is ex- actually one of the British officers says it explicitly is him going native, right? Which yeah. is like the big idea in Heart of Darkness and the big fear in Heart of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you you see that, that playing out here, like that you're taking, you have the white man taking a strange journey into a mysterious place full of scary foreigners uh and him coming out the other end changed yeah and that is exactly the the arc of heart of darkness yeah. and then later on apocalypse now or uh, um dances with wolves too and like yeah sort of all these like white man becomes x yeah sorry <laughs> yeah i think that i mean the difference like the the, the thing that makes this better than Dances with Wolves or well, Last Samurai. I didn't say Dances with Wolves. No, no, I didn't. Yeah. No, I wasn't suggesting <laughs> yeah. that. There's a lot of things that make this better than Dances with Wolves <laughs> and Last Samurai. Um, but I think that the, the what makes it better politically is in those movies, and you see this in Doctor Strange as well, is that there are examples of white men showing up in foreign land, learning their foreign mysterious trade or craft or skill, doing it better than everybody else who's been course, growing up yeah. with it their whole lives, and like saving everybody after that. Mm-hmm. And this movie doesn't do that, right? 
Like the, he he gets close and like rushes up against it, but it tears him down enough, and it shows the humanity of the Arabs enough in the face of Lawrence's inhumanity, which is Omar Sharif's role at the end of this movie, and his in, inability to bridge the gap between the tribes and to form a government and to prevent his people from destroying the land, essentially, and destroying the culture. Like you, you, It shows Lawrence's failures at the end of this movie, and it ends on his failures. Whereas mm-hmm. if you look at the Kevin Costner, Tom Cruise, um, in those movies, it ends on their, their victories um, and them like being the white savior. Um, and here, this movie based on like reality. Even more historical, right? Because <clears throat> yeah. we know that the Native Americans got crushed. And, right, exactly. And colonial Japan was not a great place. So, <clears throat> right, yeah, yeah exactly. Did he actually win at the end of The Last Samurai? Uh, I mean, he, he dies a hero, I think is what okay. happens, yeah. is that okay. he, he is pitched as this guy that's like, you know, the last samurai, right? Like, he's fighting the good fight. Yeah, I think well, this movie does an amazing job of, like, not being on the side of the British. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, the... We still have, like, not learned that lesson <laughs> at all. Like, we, we've had a discussion offline about Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. which very much takes the side of British during British during World War One, <laughs> And as seen by this movie, like, that's a very problematic side to be on. Yeah. Like, you're not on the right side of history. Yeah, I mean, just take no sides in World War One. Yeah, it, I don't know, right? Like that's. I mean, a lot of World War One yeah. is just like the aristocracy throwing the lower classes at each other in the trenches yeah. in Europe. And, yeah. Um, this movie actually does a good job of like sort of separating itself from what's happening on the continent. Like we don't really touch that at yeah. all in this movie, yeah. and that's like a complete horror show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, but it does a good job again of like not taking the side of you know, what is essentially an aristocracy that's, like, marching its, you know, worker class to in, death, to death in, yeah. in the trenches in Europe. Yeah. Like As the, are, like, all the other, Yeah, same you know, thing sides. in Germany. Yeah. Same, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the most sympathetic character at the yeah. end of this movie is Sharif. Yeah. Right? And it's not that close. Like, the, he's, he's the one that is, you know, trying to do the right thing. He's the one that's trying to uh, orient Lawrence towards something productive. He's like the closest yeah. official or leader to the people. Yeah. Because Prince Faisal is also like a Middle Eastern leader, but he seems to be in like that upper class beyond them. Yes. Right. Well, and cl- he's also envious of the Brit, the British leaders, right? Like he wants to make himself more like them. Right. It, I remember they had a discussion about why the British were so powerful and he seemed very sympathetic to yeah. them. Like Sharif, I, I remember now, because Sharif like kind of dismissed them as only being better because they have better technology. He says it's just because they have the guns. Right. Yeah. Which is totally Faisal, correct. <laughs> Faisal, yeah. like, kind of reveres their mobility and strategy. Discipline, right? Like, he talks about discipline. I think he mentioned yeah. that they're strong because they have the ability to strike wherever they need to go because they have a navy, yeah. which is irrelevant in the desert, of course. You're right. Yeah. Right. And and I, I guess that kind of makes Alec, Alec Guinness's casting more subtle and interesting. <laughs> Right, because if... He is a stuffy British actor. Right, yeah, well, yeah Alec Guinness <laughs> is actually a stuffy British actor. He's a white man. But he is playing the Arab character who wants to be more white. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And while the guy doing it is actually white. Whereas the only authentically Middle Eastern actor in the movie, Omar Sharif, is the one that seems to have the authentic interests of the Middle Eastern people mm-hmm. at heart. Because he sees what's going to happen. Right. They're going to get dominated but, yeah, by European He's Because he's smart enough to figure it out, because yeah. he's level-headed enough, because he is paying attention to what's going on, because he doesn't have these delusions of grandeur like Faisal does. Mm-hmm. But on the metatextual level, like that's kind of fascinating, right? Like It hadn't occurred to me until just now, but that we have this kind of weird casting choice that looks problematic and probably was motivated by problematic ideas um, in the first place, but it leads us to somewhere that adds a shade to this text that might that wouldn't be there otherwise um, uh, they added a shade to him too yeah a few <laughs> yeah um we're, we're almost out of time but or almost at an hour but the um uh i think this movie does a pretty good job of um d- depicting islam in a non-problematic way yeah but that's it, true it shows like islam is like a non-rigid religion right Right. Um, they're not all killing in the name of Allah. Yeah, and they have yeah. discussions about like whether or not things are okay, and yeah. like uh, I, that 
to me was like, damn, this movie is like a lot more progressive than like <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. any depiction of Islam <laughs> that we've we've been through. Recently. Yeah, that, that's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that it's a place that's not. A, yeah, you're right. A bunch of rules that lead to murder. Like the the, yeah. the most vicious character in this movie is Lawrence, by far. Yeah, we're not mm-hmm. close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was good. Obviously, yeah. it's a pre nine eleven movie, though. So <laughs> by a lot. Yeah. Uh, but there are pre nine eleven movies that you know treat it problematically as well. Like, yeah, no yeah. question. Yeah. So, so what's what's the verdict on on this one, Charles? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. That was great. Okay, super. Yeah. I had a few misses. Got back in it. Yeah. Well, you keep yeah. you picked yeah. Lawrence of Arabia, <laughs> right? You're gonna get there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you we... never know with a four hour movie. Though. Yeah. 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 That's that's yeah, the only there, thing. There about... were parts about three quarters in where I started losing my attention. It started losing my attention a little bit. I, I watched it in pieces. I I, I couldn't do. Mm. A three and a half hours. Yeah. I had internet problems, so I could not watch it all in one sitting. But it was a mini series for me. I yeah. think I watched it <laughs> yeah, but three pieces. The other times I've watched this movie, I just watched it all at once. Um, I, I found that it, it works pretty well if you uh, have dinner during the intermission. Yeah. And that gives it a nice little break. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a hell of a movie. Yeah, I, I love it. I'll probably watch it again in a couple of years. Um, but. Mm. Yeah, I, I would like to catch it in theaters. Oh uh, yeah, next time. Yeah, next time I see it in I theaters, that. Yeah. Um, I will. I'm there. Yeah, yeah, no, no question. All right, what's on the docket? For, uh, we're going see. back to the '70s and Faye Dunaway. Uh, we're going to watch Network. Network. Okay. Network. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you've not seen it, right? I haven't. I don't know if I've heard of it. Great. Yeah. You've you've definitely heard a line. Yes, <laughs> definitely heard a line. Most people misquote it. All the time, right? No concept of what it is. Right, you will know it as soon as you hear. Not on your father. It's not that line. That's a different movie. No, Um, it's (laughs) it's not Run Force Around. Yeah, it's not that. Uh, But yeah, Network next week. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, If you like the show, please share it with all your friends and family. Yes. Um, And we will see you next time around for Network. Hey, everybody! If you're enjoying the podcast, you can help us reach a larger audience by rating and reviewing it on iTunes. It only takes a minute and makes a big difference. Thanks, and enjoy the episode.